travel for Thanksgiving? Oh, good question. I know I hear government officials and media types struggling to find exactly the right words to tell you, don't get together with your family. Yeah. I yeah the well, extended family. I don't want the government telling me not to do that, but it's probably not that good an idea, depending on where you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's, if there are a lot of cousins and uncles and aunts and grandmas and the rest of it, yeah. Well, and and just the, I hate to even say this. I know, Ugh. but it's just the fact that you know, if we're all going to get together in one place, you know, everybody but the people that own the home had to travel from somewhere and interact with more people. Mm-hmm. And all it takes, as you saw with the, the the White House situation, where they ended up with 30 people with coronavirus, you just need a person with it to be in a room. And all of a sudden, everybody's got it. Durr. Terrible. Terrible. Speaking of the White House, more on that Texas uh, felony voter fraud case. It's uh, definitely worth uh, sharing with you in a little bit. Although this Oh, Rand Paul out with a tweet, I should mention, since you just brought that up. Okay. We can talk about this. So just take a second. Well, let me tell you this. It's a gal who worked at a uh, old folks' home, just gathered up all the ballots, and voted for the old folks, which is exactly what we told you would happen if we blanketed America with unrequested ballots. Yeah. And this happened in, in uh, apartment buildings and God knows where else. It's guaranteed. The election's not going to go a different direction. Biden is going to be president, but you sure could... Uh, uh you know, tighten up our the way we vote a lot of different places. Oh, we have to. Make that a lot better. I, I realize with the COVID, things were shoved in quickly uh, on purpose, in my opinion. Uh, but we cannot let this stand as a precedent for the way we do voting no. in this country. No way. No. Rand Paul tweeted out, your government sent 1.1 million dead people stimulus checks. I wonder how many of these folks also voted absentee. Good question. It's absolutely worth knowing. 100% we need to nail that down. So this gal, though, 134 felony counts of uh, election fraud. If convicted, she faces up to 10 years in prison. So, you know, if, if you're a so pro-vote fraud, it. I'd say go ahead and do it. <laughs> 10 years for 134 counts? She should be uh, that hanged. Pillory. Oh, you thought that was too low? Yeah. It seems like a pretty good deterrent to me if you would actually spend 10 years in jail. 10 years in jail is not a slap on the wrist. No, no, it's not. But come on, fake it up. Well, it's actually, there's two counts per offense. She voted for 67 residents without their effective consent. 67 gets you 10 years. What does like two or three get you? Parking ticket? Mm-hmm. Come on now, Jack. You're soft on vote fraud. <laughs> More hangings. That's eh, fine. So uh, I don't know the context of, of this fella, Tristan Harris. Uh, um, yeah, he was a uh, uh, one uh, of the people behind the Netflix Social Dilemma documentary. Which I still haven't watched. Everybody says it's great. Yeah, it's really powerful. Yeah, and he was on the Mar show, huh? Yes. Yeah, uh, listen to the chilling words of Mr. Harris. Imagine a husband and wife couple. They follow the same friends on Facebook. They've got the same friends, so if they open up Facebook, they should see the same feed. But that's not actually how it works. They'll actually see completely different realities based on what the algorithms will say, this is the thing that's likely to keep you here. And what that did is took the shared reality we have, put it through a paper shredder, and gave each of us a micro-reality in which we're more and more certain that we're right and the other side is wrong, 
And it's, it's totally confused us. I mean, we are, we are so confused. We're 10 years into this process now. Yeah, it's good. And they go into greater length in the documentary about how that works. But if nothing else, then, if you see something that seems solid saying, uh, I don't know, pick something out of the air. The coronavirus uh, vaccine from Pfizer is going to be effective and safe. And then you come across something three days later that says it's not. You've got to be moved off your previous position. It's harder to change your mind than to establish a thought in your mind. And you have people, you know, even, and that's a fairly innocent phenomenon, but if it's being done on purpose to manipulate you, yeah, that's chilling. Uh, Roll on, big man. Because of this competition for attention, the company started getting really aggressive about how could, what could they dangle in front of your nervous system to get you to come back? If you ever try to, to um, delete your Facebook account, it'll actually show you uh, five friends' faces and says, are you sure you want to delete your account? These five photos, these five friends, they're going to miss you. So it's like a digital drug lord. When you, when you leave, they try to figure out something to dangle in front of you to convince you to, to come back. <laughs> That's awesome. That's clever. Oh, I won't hear what Jenny's up to anymore. I do love Jenny. <laughs> Yeah, go ahead. Um, There's a great stat recently that um, Republicans estimate that a third of Democrats are LGBTQ, even though only uh, 6% are. And Democrats estimate that um, 38% of Republicans make more than $250,000 a year, (gasps) even though it's only uh, 2% of Republicans make that much money. So we, we really have been confused by these individual realities that have warped all of our perceptions. Yeah, that's absolutely incredible. Wow. That's mind-blowing. Yeah, it is. You talk about having a different view of the world. If you think 40% of Republicans make more than a quarter of a million dollars a year when it's 2%, you have a different view of America. Of course you would vote a certain way. Of course you'd feel a certain way about taxes and, you know, the rich need to pay their fair share. Of course you would. And why Republicans tend to be against higher taxes. Selfish bastards, they're all rich. That's nutty. Go on. So there's this weird situation we're in where if you let the Frankenstein run without any controls, and so anything goes viral if it gets the most clicks and likes, that just rewards the most conspiracy theories. Alex, you know, YouTube, for example, recommended Alex Jones' InfoWars conspiracy theories 15 billion times, which is more than the combined traffic of New York Times, Washington Post, Guardian, Fox News combined. And when you just realize the scale of, of, of all of that, um, conspiracy theories are especially dangerous because they're like a trust bomb. They warp your perception of everything that comes after it. In fact, the best predictor of whether you'll believe in a new conspiracy theory is whether I already got you to believe in one. And once right. you believe, for example, the election is rigged or it's stolen, then you perceive everything through that lens, and it, it warps all of your perception. I need to know more dumb people, or at least uh, not very well-informed people. Well, what? Because I don't, I just, I don't know that many people that are forwarding around Alex Jones uh, clips mm-hmm. at a greater rate than things coming out of you know legitimate news sources. A, a little bit of that is is funny statistical math because he has been playing in those waters for a lot longer than the major networks have. So he was in earlier more often with more pieces of shareable things, right? So he was just operating on a digital scale at a a completely different scale than most of your traditional news uh, outlets, whether it be Fox or CNN or whatever. Yeah, I need to get, uh, I don't know, dumb is not the right word, and that's a a mean word, but like, uh, I don't know what. I don't know what the right word is, but I need need to, 
Credulous. That's a little fancy. I need to have more people in my orbit. That so give me an idea because I don't. I don't have anybody who's sending me stuff like that. Very every once in a while, a few things, but not like regularly. Mm-hmm. And apparently, it that's fairly common for some crowd. People like us who are not personally on Facebook have no appreciation for how vast Facebook is. Yeah, and and then you know you add on Google. YouTube, TikTok, uh, Instagram. That's like everybody. And I've intentionally kept myself out of most of that. I've I've substantially given up Twitter. Not completely, but substantially. Hmm. Just, just a quick reminder, YouTube is Google and Instagram is Facebook. Right. 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 So, say that yeah, again. Their, their effect is tremendous. Can you say that again? YouTube is Google yeah. owns YouTube. Yeah. Facebook yeah. owns Instagram. They are just uh, offshoots of the, the larger parent company. And TikTok is the communist Chinese. Yeah, my wife was a big Facebook person, but she quit a couple of weeks ago. She said that she realized it was stressing her out. Yeah, I tell you what, uh, over the last several weeks, especially, I have I have gone from in a lovely mood, enjoying life, to angry and anxious. <laughs> looking at Twitter. Well, that's you would think that the normal beast every time I, you know, every time I try to eat this animal, it scratches my eyes out. I'm going to punch this beehive one more time. <laughs> I think I'll stop doing that, but no. Ow, well, the bees. Ah, it's the end of a long day. I'm in a pretty good mood. See, I worked hard today. A little relaxation. Think I'll see what's on Twitter day after day. Right. <laughs> now I'm miserable and angry and the world's going to hell. Well, that's why you got to watch the documentary. They talk about how they manipulate you. How they get you to come back. I want to see how many likes, how many retweets I just got. I don't care about that. Maybe that's because I got this for a living. I just I can't. I can't possibly care about that. But I mean, I do do. You know, I've got an outlet for that sort and of thing if, for some sort of approval. And if you don't respond to the shareability of the things you post, they know that. And their thing is now to forward you stories because you're if you're not there for shareability stuff, you're there to get information. So they know that, and they know which stories to put in front of you because the last time they put a story like this in front of you, you clicked on it and read it. Yeah, I realize it. It's a, clearly a human tendency, and it works. I see the way my kids get motivated on video games by getting various things that don't actually mean anything. Man, my my favorite thing to do online is Porn. become teat. <laughs> no. It's actually uh, words with friends. It's Scrabble. You play your friends in Scrabble. Um, That's way different than porn. It's so, so laden with badges and awards and daily goals. It's just constantly stopping the game. I mean, you've reached your daily goal. You played six words with the letter E. And I'm like, that's not my goal. (laughs) That's a stupid goal. My dog could do that, but I got to sit there for ten seconds as you congratulate me and say I've earned a, a golden unicorn turd or whatever it is. These idiotic awards they're I giving doubt me. That's like, an award. Like I got a shelf full of them somewhere or something. I don't care. Can I opt out of that crap, please? Ugh. And the whole and and the one thing you know, you've got seven games in a row with like my sister. I play against my sister all the time. Um, and trying to get me to come back because you don't want to end your streak. I think about what they do to kids with that. 
Yeah. And how kids, they got, the, you know, 340 days in a row on Instagram, and they feel like they have something. Mm, you because don't. they're young and impressionable, and they don't know the difference between something of value and something utterly, you know, vacuous like that. Um, oh, so bad. Oxford Dictionary has changed the definition of woman. Probably should alert you to that so you don't w- use it. Womixen. Lady, lady, lady. Lixtenix. <laughs> so you don't use it improperly. Netflix has got a new plan. A bunch. Of, oh, Trump is going to have rallies, and one thing he's going to do at his rallies uh, is out. I think. Who, who, who put this out? Anyway, all T- this. T shirt gun. I hope it's the t shirt gun. <laughs> all this stuff on the way. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. We're just playing some clips from the Bill Maher show on HBO over the weekend. Uh, also on his show, Bill Maher pushes back at panelists who says all Trump voters are racist, which I'm happy to see. <laughs> Slapped back at the suggestion that all 70 million Americans who voted for President Trump are racists and tribalists. I think he probably pushed back against it because it's so effing idiotic. Yeah. I think he's a terrible leader, but I don't think that it... It's terrible that there's diversity in the black community or in any community, said. But Trump supporters just see the world differently. So I hope. Who is this panelist, you know? Um, I forget. I, I remember. I saw, but I don't remember. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I, I hope I hope there's more of that. I hope there's more of that. But um, on that topic, Mick Mulvaney, the former chief of staff, to Trump, wrote an op-ed in the Wall Street Journal, if he loses, Trump will concede gracefully. Um, he'll accept the result, whatever it is. And he and he wrote this. People who ask that question, if he's going to leave the White House, that says as much about those asking it as it does the answer about President Trump. Most of the inquirers on this topic are the same people who still don't understand why nearly half the country voted for Trump. They still wonder if he somehow cheated his way into office. They still think he should have been impeached. They still believe the polls, and they still consider the Washington Post, New York Times, and CNN reliable outlets of fair news. Well said. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, here, here. Uh, Just going through my notes from the weekend. Oh, the Audi RS6 Avant is coming to the United States. Finally. Popular in Europe. What is it? It's a station wagon that goes 190 miles an hour. Right. Kids are late for soccer practice. (laughs) Buckle your seatbelts. We're going to get to the Grand Canyon by dinner time. <laughs> you can have your kids in the back of the car with their cheeks flapping like they're doing some sort of G-force experiment. Some sort of <laughs> rocket sled. Disneyland, here we come, but we live in South Dakota. We'll be there by lunch. <laughs> Everybody go to the bathroom. <laughs> That's hilarious. Wow. Wow. Yeah. A Vandy, a Vander Holyfield, the former heavyweight champion of the world, tweeted at Mike Tyson, I want to fight you next. Stop ducking me. So the guy who got his ear chewed off by Mike Tyson is Sheemany. begging for a fight with him now. Now that old guy fighting. So this is he's looking for uh, after Tyson takes on Roy Jones Jr. He's saying I'm, I'm next in line. So the senior circuit of boxing appears to be uh, making a comeback. Well, I guess if the people running the country can be 80, our sports heroes should be 50. I guess that's just the way, you know, everything shifts up a couple of decades. Well, the uh, Champions Golf Tour, they call it. They used to call it the senior. 
it's it's still quite entertaining in the golf. It's fantastic, but guys slugging each other in the face. I don't know. Seems like the sort of thing you ought to grow out of. <laughs> I I just know me taking a blow of any kind is so much different than it was when I was younger. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Look, there's plenty of people playing golf at the villages in Florida. There ain't no fight clubs in the basement. Yeah. People play golf. Right. Nobody plays boxing. Right. <laughs> yeah. God, old guys. Your brain is different, man. Trust me on that. Hospitalizations for COVID across the country have doubled since mid-September. And deaths are on the rise. Yes, hospitalizations have doubled since mid-September. That's a real stat there. Coming up, the Washington Post's dating and relationship uh, reporter is using Kamala Harris and her husband as an example for how to be a happy couple. Okay, cool. I don't know much about her husband. You're not going to at the end of this either. You might know that his name is Doug. That's the big takeaway. Turns out the fellow's name is Doug. He's about to become the second man. The second man's name is Doug. Right. Commit that to memory. First man, Neil Armstrong. Second man, Doug. I generally don't care about vice presidents this time around. Eh, I don't care unless she becomes president. Mm. As long as she's vice president and whatever. You know, go to ribbon cuttings or whatever. But she's one heartbeat away with a very old man. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Will you be able to track all the moving parts? Yes. I feel 100% confident of that. Will you be able to bang your fist on the table and say what happened to that shipment that was going to Good Samaritan Hospital in Baltimore? Yes. And not only that, I'll know after it gets there how fast they're administering the doses that they were given. That's the Ford Star General that's in charge of getting the vaccine out when it finally happens. It was on uh, 60 Minutes last night. Really pretty interesting. It's needed. Europe's having a real hospital crunch. 21 nations uh, have more COVID-19 patients now than in the spring's worst days in their hospitals. 21 nations because of Trump's mishandling of the virus. That's some fine sarcasm there. I kid, of course, but... We're yeah. regularly told that we're getting the results we get because of Donald Trump. Why are 21 other countries getting the worst results they've had since it started? Because yeah. there's just not much you can do, no matter how you approach it? Yeah. Well, suddenly, journalists will discover that, I would predict. And you will be seeing that on your favorite website slash newspaper. Turns out that the president really can't affect COVID that much. It's uh, all of us who must blah, blah, blah. Okay, that'll be charming. Speaking of uh, the Washington Post, yes, I'm looking at you. Oh, you know what? Before we do this, the before we do that, this. <clears throat> uh, Greg wrote the following. Dateline, college city of your choice. Late this afternoon, yet another example of the systemic racism plaguing this country. An unarmed black man was penalized for pass interference. It was the third such penalty in less than an hour of playing time and was asserted by a white official. In a state with a population that's only 15% black, we find that 87% of pass interference penalties are asserted against unarmed black men, read a statement uh, by the school of the victim. White racist officials cannot be allowed to continue with oppression. We need to do better, admitted a chagrined and clearly terrified white referee in a post-game press conference. 
In an, in order to move toward racial equity, insiders say they expect the officiating association to announce rule changes expanding pass interference calls against offensive linemen. Greg, that is, it's overstated, but that is a pretty good reduction of how statistics can mislead. The vast majority of defensive backs are blackfellas. And so, yes, they're going to get uh, flagged more often. Nicely done, Greg. Fairly clever. Speaking of uh, people of, of color, allegedly, Kamala Harris, who knew? Uh, turns out she had a, uh, a mom of Indian descent, and her papa was uh, a black guy, or at least partially black, somewhat black. And I hate this conversation because it makes me sound like a Nazi or a racist. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. But all the activists want you to do this. It, it makes me insane. Uh, anyway, he was uh, from and I Jamaica. I hated it on Saturday Night Live, so I really like Maya Rudolph. She does the uh, the Kamala Harris. But she stood there and she said, you know, and I'm black, and the crowd cheered, and I'm a woman, cheered, and I'm Caribbean, cheered, and this and that. And if you don't like that, well, I guess you're going to have, you know, whatever she said. I thought, that's not what people who don't like Kamala Harris don't like about her. It's the fact that she's a socialist. Right. That's what people don't like about her. And a liar and has no beliefs. doesn't make any difference. And by the way, your own party didn't like her. She couldn't even make it to Iowa. Democrats, liberals, activists didn't like her. She has blazed a trail of getting <laughs> chosen by old man Biden because she checked some some ethnic boxes. Whatever. I mean, seriously, you, you, you don't know this woman like we do. You're not going to be impressed. Anyway, the Washington Post, which is uh, increasingly insufferable, um, their dating and relation expert, a relationship reporter, Lisa Bonos, writes, uh, blah, blah, blah. There are many people who see themselves in their struggle. In Vice President-elect Kamala D. Harris, women, women of color, black women, people of South Asian descent, children of immigrants, women in positions of power who aspire to such heights, stepmoms, and on and on it goes, my gosh. Um, uh, anyone who's ever had to tell a man to stop interrupting them. Allow me to add a few other groups to that list. Anyone who's ever doubted they'll find a loving, lasting partner. And then she breaks down her uh, Kamala's relationship with Doug. Apparently, her husband's name is Doug. He will be the second man. Uh, the, the first lady is the president's wife. Who knew? The vice president's wife was referred to as the second lady. Well, nobody knew it because nobody refers to the vice president's spouse, because why would you refer to either one of them, really? And nobody cares, nor right. should they. Right, exactly. Uh, but in an incredible stretch trying to get clicks based on election news, there are three small steps they took in the beginning of the relationship that stand out. And they're things that any of us can emulate. And this is this is certainly I don't I hope Kamala and Doug have a long and happy relationship. I don't care. I don't despise these people. I just don't want them in power. Um, but so they they make the stretch that we're supposed to click on this. They talk about how the momentum of a good first date could have easily fizzled. It happens all the time. Instead, Doug Emhoff, his name is, uh, followed through appropriately, offering a little vulnerability. He put his feelings out there, but didn't come on too strong. He also got down to the, lo- the logistics. I don't even know what they're talking about. Oh, they lived hundreds of miles apart. That's interesting. Uh, so the dating column is featuring Kamala Harris now. So that's fine. That's super. He's the first second man in our nation's history, Jack. Uh, 
getting more texts from nurses. So 60 Minutes last night talking about the amazing effort that is going to be made. I mean, really, uh, the sort of stuff you've seen in you know movies made about uh, World War II on how we got mobilized you know, certain areas of industry right. so quickly. We're doing that with getting the coronavirus vaccine out. Um, the last night in 60 Minutes, they got to the point where they mentioned uh, 60% of doctors said they would take it, only 40% of nurses. So they're going to get the first shot at it. Healthcare workers get the vaccine before the rest of us do. But only 40% of nurses are willing to take it. Geez, only 60% of doctors. That was the good news. Or you're wondering why nurses aren't going to. And we've gotten, so far, we've only gotten texts from nurses who say they're not going to take it. Uh, another one here. Naughty nurse here. I won't get the COVID vaccine or let my kids get it until we have way more data on long-term effects. Um, that's, a, you know, a handful of nurses that have uh, texted with that sort of thing. I'm pro-vaccine, but this one is too new for me to feel comfortable taking it. I prefer at least 10 to 20 years of history, to be honest. Oh. Well, we're not going to get that. No. Obviously. I wonder, I don't know, but they are around this stuff more than the rest of us. Mm -hmm. They are around side effects and things that do or don't work and maybe see the inner workings of the way decisions are made in ways that the rest of us don't. I'm just wondering. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I will get it. I'm not trying to come up with a conspiracy. The long-term effects thing, I'd like to read more about that. I'm, I'm way out of my depth here. Uh Donnie, um, yeah, that's interesting that that large a number are saying no, no, thank you, not not for now. Given the risk that they have, <laughs> this is a good text. Will Biden get his food taster now or wait until after the inauguration? Don't eat anything Kamala cooks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that'll be fun to watch unfold. Uh-huh. Um, Number of texters beating me up for reading any coronavirus statistics as they are all fake. Hmm? Fine. Whatever. Dictionary has changed the definition of woman. The Oxford University Press Dictionary. Oh, my God. This is going to make me insane. Go ahead. I don't know if it will. It's weird. It has amended its dictionaries after a pressure campaign alleged derogatory and sexist definitions of the word woman. W-O-M. Lady, lady, lady. No, woman. W-O-M-A-N. The hair smeller in chief there. Uh, he knows a woman when he smells one. Among the changes to Oxford dictionaries, a woman is now listed as, is currently listed as a person's, a person's wife, girlfriend, or female lover instead of just a man's. That had to be like the fifth tier oh, that's of the, definition. Yeah, like, Right, my woman is uh, late coming home today. That's the definition of that usage, as opposed to a female of uh, the Homo sapien species. Okay. Yeah. I said, "Hey, Esther." So uh, some but, some girls hang out with other girls. Is that what they're hinting at? I guess. But Oxford has stuck with its definition of the B word. Rhymes with rich. As synonymous with woman, a spiteful, unpleasant, or disliked woman. While adding the label offensive. That's weird since dudes get called that word too. Right. You're being a. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. <laughs> I think perhaps we see here the limit of the usefulness 
of the Oxford Dictionary. Although they are kind of the arbiter of, of the English language. Mm-hmm. Look up arbiter for me. Make sure I'm using it right. Bunch of arbitin bitches. The dictionary has <laughs> actually has the word D-head in it. I won't say it. <laughs> which the dictionaries consider a stupid, irritating, or ridiculous man. Yes. Yes. Defined as vulgar slang, but not a synonym for man, the way they have the B word, a synonym for woman. Well, that's because it's not used that way. Right. I, no. I follow you, but... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, especially uh, amongst your rappers, biatches can be used just to mean women. But I'm thinking of, like, the uh, the hilarious, popular... Harley Davidson t-shirt that says on the back for dudes t-shirts if you can read this the B fell off <laughs> you wouldn't have a t-shirt I don't think for women that says if you can read this the the D, D head fell off no, no. designated hitter no exactly the DH uh, play the field you was um uh, but all right well no they're used differently they should have just asked me I could have explained it to them a uh, like no one, well, actually, in England, they do. Um, I'm thinking of a word that is only used to describe a woman you vehemently dislike. Um, it's certainly in American English, the, 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 the C-bomb, the uh, never-appropriate C-bomb, would be that. Um, and that's what D-H is. Yeah. yeah. You never use that charitably or walk in, a woman walks into a room and says, what's up, D-H's? <laughs> To a bunch of dudes. Yeah, it's, it's different. It's different. And like women will say, I've heard women say, I'm feeling, I'm being, I'm sorry I'm being such a B, or mm-hmm. I'm, I'm so B-E today. Batch. But a guy would never say, I'm sorry I'm being such a D-H, or I'm being so D-H-E today. I don't think. Uh, I've never heard anybody say it. Uh, no, I suppose not. It's just, a, it's another level of strata of harshness. Right. I think, but maybe right. that's because I'm a man. I'm a white, straight male. Oh, jeez. Listen to the patriarchy. <laughs> yeah, he's mansplaining <laughs> what a DH is. <laughs> uh, an arbiter, a person who settles a dispute or has ultimate authority in a matter. Yeah, I know what it means. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I was messing um, with you. That's the Oxford <laughs> English Dictionary, though, laying out the W, the woman word, the B word, and the DH words. Now we all know. They can use it the, properly. They got the C in there, and, and how I, about the AH? <laughs> I'm sure they do. How about the MF? I'm sure they do. How about the MF and A? Maybe a different day. <laughs> Maybe actually for the podcast. That sounds like a great thing for no, for one more thing. I won't have it. If that's online, we could look it up. Because I'd be kind of interested in what the dictionary definition is of those some of those words. Are we seven in this scenario? We're seven-year-old boys. <laughs> looking, up, looking up dirty words in the dictionary. That's pretty Child. funny. I remember doing that. That's funny. Me, me too. Um... Best description I've heard of what's going on with our politics in the civilized world, the Western world, from a book called Cultural Evolution. I'll hit you with that, among other things, coming back. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Passing on doesn't 
frighten me. Other things do. The effect it will have on my loved ones, yes, that bothers me and makes me sad. But the thought of myself moving on, hey, folks, comes with the territory. Yeah, well, yeah. Well-adjusted man, that Alex Trebek. Alex Trebek um, uh, died over the weekend. Age 80, though, so, you know, that's a good long run. Mm-hmm. Uh, Been doing the uh, Jeopardy for, was it 37 years? It's unbelievable. Yeah. It's pretty much my lifetime. That's yeah. incredible. Well. So I'm looking up at the Fox, and they're saying President Trump plans campaign-style events as he challenges the results. And this says part of the Trump strategy is he's going to go around reading the obituaries of dead people who voted in the election. Huh. That's good stuff. Yeah, that's pretty good. If he can verify it, as though as Chris Christie has said, you need to, uh, Chris Christie, who's on his elect re-election team, said you got to provide some solid evidence or, or let it go. Right. That's for them to argue about. Um, so there's a book out called Cultural Evolution. I'm probably not going to read it, but I thought this was an interesting explanation of what has changed in the last couple of decades in politics in the in Western civilization. As clearly the United States is going so, through something, we still are. Um, electing old man Trump, uh, Biden ain't going to change that. You know, and what happened with Brexit and Macron and Spain and Italy and all these different places. Brazil where they're rejecting the old parties and the old style and trying different things. Uh, The author wrote, He argues that over the last few decades, every rich country has shifted from material to post-material values. From political identities based in economics to ones fueled by a desire for self-expression rooted in gender, ethnicity, and culture. Up until a couple of decades ago, and this is, you know, this is the Marx theory, uh, and, and and everybody's, you know, it all comes down to what you got, your economic situation. Well, did we get rich enough? And oh, I think we did. We got rich enough in all these rich co- countries, which, you know, we all were reaching that level of, I got enough food, I got enough safety, I got enough everything. Mm-hmm. And now we've turned inward toward all these expressions of our identities and needs for happiness in different ways. Mm-hmm. That is calms in the polity. And, you know, and the, the problem might be no political system can meet those needs. Nope. Can't be done. Vicious, bloody politics. That's what tribal and ethnic uh, political identification brings. Yeah. Oh, well. Final Thoughts with A.N.G. Yeah! Here's your host for Final Thoughts. Here's Joe Getty. I feel like, perhaps on the basis of the work I've done as the host of Final Thoughts, I'm on the shortlist for Jeopardy. Could be. I would be honored. I'm willing to lose a little weight to look better on TV. Not a lot. A little. Michelangelo, what's your final thought? Yeah, one of my favorite childhood memories was watching game shows with Grandma, and Alex Trebek was a big part of that. And so a lot of the old-time game show hosts are gone, so it's a sad day for me. Positive show on a final thought? Uh, it was a, uh, a very welcome weekend of checking out of kind of the news cycle as last week was very long, particularly for uh, for those in this industry. And it was uh, refreshing to get a reminder of what a weekend of not looking at news felt like. It was great. Yeah, amen to that. Jack, you're the co-host. Final feels thought? good, doesn't it? It feels, it feels like this would be a nice way to live, not following news. Mm-hmm. Seems there's some benefits to it. I took a bite of a donut yesterday. Bit of a falling off the wagon thing that I'm a little afraid of. Yeah. On the 4th of July, I declared my independence from donuts and had not had any <laughs> sense then. Right. And I took a bite yesterday, not to mention being gluten-free, so I took in some gluten. So I just really caved. I'm saying it out loud, hopefully to keep myself honest here. But only a bite. A bite. I don't know what happened to me. 
The next thing you know, you're stopping at the donut shop and they're they're carrying you out of there. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, that's that's shocking, shocking. Uh, I had a great final thought and flip. Oh, that's right. Um, uh, way back in the day, first job I ever had in radio, stone broke. This was back when the uh, the draft beers were ninety five cents and I could only afford one. So I would sip it as slowly as I could. Um, and then pray somebody would buy me a drink, but it rarely happened. I was sitting there with my friend Wayne and Steve, who were both teachers, and we would watch Jeopardy and try to beat each other with the answers. So it's an, a nice, warm Alex Trebek memory. Probably a warm, flat, 95-cent draft. Oh, man, I milked that thing. <laughs> <laughs> Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people who think so little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. A lot of great clicks for you. See you tomorrow. God bless America. You having a good time? Okay, I, I did not say okay. that. I've sat here for over three hour and 15 minutes. <laughs> that sucks. If you wish to leave, you may. Let me just say how very, very dismaying and disappointing. Not uh, good. And just change the channel from this mesmerizing horror show. We'll be better tomorrow than we were today. Then we heard the words. It's over for me. Adios, mofo. Okay, so we're, we're, you're, we're dismissed. Is that correct? Do you want to rephrase... Uh, what you're doing. This is vindication for a lot of people who have really suffered. Armstrong and Getty.